our guest today, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to Brooks County, Texas Sheriff Rabino or Benny Martinez. Sheriff Martinez has served the county of Brooks since 2009. Uh, and you know what? He's been around for a long time in law enforcement since 1979 as a state trooper. Uh, he's been involved in all kinds of things. Um, criminal laws, motor vehicle crashes. Uh, in 1990, he joined the narcotic services uh, area where he basically worked really hard to stop criminals. But one of his real, in my opinion, valuable points that he makes is not only do we got to stop the drugs, but we've got to train people about how to live without them, how to live life successfully. Anyway, he did that from 1990 to 2008, then he retired. And then he became sheriff of Brooks County in 2017. Sheriff Benny Martinez, welcome to the Sheriff Mac Show, sir. Thank you. You've done so much uh, in your career, it's kind of hard to even know where to focus, Sheriff. But the highlight for you really is in 2012, Brooks County has become center stage in the middle of the busiest corridors for illegal immigration ever. You guys had to cut staff in 2012, uh, cut janitorial services. But as you said, you made it through. You guys have been working on this. That became your one of your biggest issues when you became sheriff, right? That's correct. In 2012, that's when we kind of hit the bottom. We're right in the middle of this corridor. Um, you know, we have a checkpoint in Brooks County, one of the busiest checkpoints in the Southwest Corridor. And that leads to people, to these uh, illegal migrants walking across the, uh, private ranch lands. And, and that becomes a big issue for, for all, the, all the private uh, ranches that we have out here in Brooks County. Now let's talk about this. Why did 2012 become kind of a pinnacle low point in this uh, battle, if you will? And when I say battle, I mean to deal with drugs and illegal activity and uh, deal with the flood. I don't, I don't mean that some of these people are bad people. Some of them may be good people. That isn't the point. The problem is it overwhelms uh, your county, right? Well, absolutely. It started probably just because of the shift. Everyone talked about the shift back when it was up in the Arizona, California area up in, in, in those corridors, then they shifted down to, to Texas, to specifically South Texas. The fact is we're, we're about 70 miles north of the river, so that's what makes this kind of like a critical infrastructure for, for this type of issue around the checkpoint to circumvent it. Now, why do you think the shift happened? Did they crack down harder in the, in the San Diego, the California, Arizona areas? Well, absolutely. That's when the, the application of the technology and, and, and manpower, uh, boots on the ground, uh, all those components put together like they, they should do it now here in the South Texas area. It was done up in that Arizona area, and they just shifted down. Uh, you know, the, these, these uh, transnational gang members or transnational groups that run these groups, uh, run these people, they know how to shift. They know how to work. They, they, they have all the just sit back and figure out what we're going to do before they move the next to make the next move why do you think there's such massive immigration happening and it seems like it's ever increasing right well my thoughts are simple the rhetoric this administration rhetoric that's all it is they're, they're, they're saying come on and they're, and they're coming uh, and this is why you have all these big issues that, as in El Paso for instance or here in South Texas that's the rhetoric, and they're trying to get in before they really shut everything down where they're going to have to. 
So they kind of create a, a herd mentality of panic, saying, I better get in while the getting's good. There you go. That's it. That's that's what they're thinking. Plain and simple. Now, let me let me make this point. Um, I don't believe in partisan politics, sir, so I don't care about Democrat or Republican. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because you're a Democrat and so is the president. Um, but you feel differently on this issue, right? Well, absolutely, because the rule of law, that's that's what I've been doing for 44 years. And we're definitely not there right now. Now, this is not a Democrat, Republican. Uh, I mean, it's maybe turned into that, sadly, but it's really not about that, is it? No, it's not. It's, it's not about that. What is it about for you? The rule of law. Uh, but you know what? Some are going to say a lot of good people want to come here. Well, you, you have the good people that come here, but they come into the port of entries. Anything besides the port of entries, it's illegal entry. That's just simple. We have to think of it that way. They're being driven by, by this these gang members that are, that are pushing them through here. Not narcotics coming through between the port of entry, even contrary to what uh, Congress might say, that it's only come to the port of entry because that's the only place where you get your metrics. You get metrics when you put your hands on something. Then you can say, I have it. Here it is. But you don't get those metrics between the port of entry. All right. It seems like this problem's getting worse. Donald Trump, to some degree, did a good job to slow it down and bring attention to the issue. I appreciate what he accomplished, um, but it wasn't enough, was it? No, it wasn't enough. It, it was, you know, for instance, us, you know, in the last, we have had over 200 recovered bodies, illegal bodies discovered in, the, in our brush, in our private lands, over 224 months. I, I believe that's just the fact that they're listening to this rhetoric and they're coming across thinking that it's a safe passage. It's uh, an issue that's become too partisan. It should be about the rule of law. But there is a way to change this, though. There's a way to shut the illegal door. And then there's a way to let people come legally, people who could get sponsors, people who could demonstrate they're not criminals, people who uh, would come for the right reasons. Um, there's a way to go about this without just amnesty, all or nothing kind of a discussion. Why are people so polarized? How do we get to a real discussion? Well, the real discussion for me as a law enforcement is we have to shut this border down. We have to clean it. We have to put structures up there. We have to maintain it first. Then we go to the next phase, which is, okay, all those people that are coming in. Let's find out who they are. There's three issues that I have, that I work with here, the national security issue, I have a public health issue and a humanitarian issue. Those are the three issues that I have, and I'm only 70 miles north of the border. So, All right, I want you to it, repeat those. I want you to repeat those, please, because I want people really to understand. These are the core issues, sir. Go ahead. The issue that I work is the national security. We, we have a lot of hardened criminals that are filtering through, through the brushlands. The second is public health. During this COVID issue, which since we all these bodies that we recovered, this illegal immigrant bodies that we secured, we have tested them for COVID. Over 20% of them were COVID positive. They were in the group, which means the COVID continued. That that spread continued into the United into the United States. The third issue, humanitarian issue, the fact that they're dying out here, and and we have to re, we have to recover the bodies because they belong to the locals. They don't belong to the dead. They're deceased, so it becomes a local issue. Now, sadly, uh, a lot on the liberal side complained that Donald was just a racist and that he hated Mexicans or that he hated immigrants or something like this or that. 
It isn't about race or ethnicity either, is it? No, it's not. Again, that's just the rhetoric. If you pull those naysayers, that's what they're going to come up with stories. They're going to come up with uh, rhetoric that people are going to believe. You know, I've been here. I was born and raised here in this county. We had these type of folks that would come by and work. They were hard workers. I get But it's got to be done legally. It's got to be done do you believe we'll ever come together on this and get it right? I think it's doable. I just think we've got to jettison the politics. We've got to jettison the partisan uh, reality. We've got to jettison this idea that it's a racial or an ethnicity discussion. And we've got to come together and say, look, we're not going to allow the rule of law to be violated, broken, undermined, manipulated. We're not going to fall for rhetoric. What we're going to do is we're going to close the illegal door. We're going to then uh, prioritize people based on reality. A lot of the people who came here as children, um, you know what? It's no fault of their own they're here. It may be the life, the only life they know, right? We've got to look at these, you know, but the problem is you start talking about any different groups of people trying to classify, hey, where could we start? And then they want to say, oh, it's amnesty all the way around, um, poisoning the well, right? That's correct. You know, I even have some of these females that get raped while they're walking through the brush. No one talks about that. I have several Say that again, because this is the Trump Donald, uh, point Donald Trump made, and he got mocked for it, right? Yes. I, again, we rape as it filtering through the brush. And no one so when, and then they become victims. I, I utilize, through their immigration attorney, I, I'll approve the U visas so they can stay in the United States. Of course, we're never going to find the asylum because it, it's never going to happen. But it's occurring. So we need to understand that. They become victims. And let's be very clear. It's just as bad for them to become victims as it is the citizen of the United States to be a victim. Because, look, we're all God's children. We're all people. People's rights and people's dignity and people's protection matter. That's the purpose of government, sir. That's, that's correct. I mean, you, you really you, you, you hit it because it, it's, it's one of those issues where we all have to come together and sit down and have a real, actually a serious conversation if they can do so. All Right now, everything is spread out because everybody has their own agenda and their own words. All right, now, you have a big problem, especially in your county. And the reason that you're one of the, in my opinion, premier experts on this topic is when you grew up there your whole life, uh, number two, you've been in law enforcement and uh, watched and, and fought against the drug trade, even going undercover as part of your career uh, to deal with uh, the illicit drugs and to try to stop that. But you also have a unique position because you are along the greatest immigration quarter the world has ever known, really. Um, but you're not classified as a border county, so you can't get the resources that you even need. So they basically leave you in a very precarious position, right? Well, that's correct. And our funding is provided by the governor's office. Actually, that's where we get our funding from. And back in 2012, I had a, we had a conversation with Lieutenant Governor Dewhurst at the time and Governor Perry, and the funding started being provided by the by the governor's office. Well, that's a start, and I appreciate the efforts. But what we really got to do, though, is get you declared as a border county, uh, so that real funding can come even from the general level. And that's where I, I started out talking, Sheriff, about the dual sovereignty of the United States. The general government has responsibility here. They're the biggest 
uh, I don't know what you want to call it, violator, the biggest failure to show up at the table, right? No, I've, I've been called a fearmonger by some of them, uh, you know, that I'm just instilling fear. Well, you know, it's kind of hard to to actually put the facts in front of you and, and, and deny the facts. So you're pretty much just going to have a reasoning to kind of feel better as to what you're saying. You're going to reason the, 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 the false thoughts that they might have, and, you know, the lying part. Okay. That's, that's how you get to, to this rhetoric. You, you develop reasoning and, and it's chaotic after that. But what if we just step aside and say, look, I'm not talking about uh, anything but the rule of law. I'm not talking about anything but the protection of life, liberty, and property for all. And whatever our policies are, we need to advocate for that and do the best we can for everyone. Let me say that again. Everyone involved, sir. Is it that complicated? No, it's not. You just you just have to have the right common sense to do this. That's all it takes is common sense to reach. An- and that's not they're not even doing that. Is the governor and our other county sheriffs willing to help you become uh, a, a border county or, or in a way get the funding and the support from the, the, the general, the federal government that you need? Is there is there an effort to really make that happen besides your efforts? Yes, there is. It, it's it's really getting a lot better than it was back in 2012. Absolutely. It, it's getting better. Uh, there's been a lot of attention on, the, on our crisis, on our issues. All right. Now, I know that Joe Biden, everybody's been mocking him for not being willing to come to the border. Then last December, he came to the border. He didn't really meet with any of the immigrants. He didn't meet with a lot of people he should have met. He kind of came and skirted the issue. He knew it was the the easiest time to come to the border because it's winter and because that's the lowest um, numbers of immigrants at that time frame or whatever else. It seemed to me like he tried to check a box but not get the job done. I don't mean to, to turn this into rhetoric, but I'm trying to make a point about we need attention from all officials um, from the most local to the whatever you want to call it, highest levels of government um, that we can get. We don't, we don't need that kind of game playing that he checked a box but didn't really dig in and figure out what could be done to improve the situation, right? That's correct. I have, you know, he's the president of the United States, I, I, and he is. I'll respect, the, I'll respect that office. But the fact is, he's really not doing much on this issue at all, period. I've met with the secretary, I think, on two different occasions. I kind of visited with him and told him what I needed in Brooks County specifically to save lives. That hasn't happened. So where are we in all this? Okay, a, a lot of words. A lot of words being said, but no, no action behind it. Why do you think the president wouldn't be interested in this? I mean, of all the responsibilities he has as president, the borders are one of the general government's responsibilities. I mean, this to me is one of the core functions of the uh, legitimate proper role of the general, the federal government, right? This is one of their to-do lists. Well, that, that's correct. But, I mean, who's behind him, though? Who, who's really running the government? Who's behind all this? I, I can't see him being behind this. You know, number one, we do supply a lot of money for, for all these countries, yet there's no accountability on that. Why can't we hold their countries receiving? Right? We have to account for everything we receive. Do you think there's uh, any way to get the audience to make progress? Or do you think it'll take a different president, a different administration? How do we get to the people behind the president that could really make a difference here? How do we get uh, dealing with some of these other governments? 
right? In other words, I hear that all these immigrants are coming from, say, Venezuela. They eventually, you know, go into the borders of Mexico, then they go through Mexico, then to our borders. But there's a whole train that seems to go from country to country to country as if this is a quid pro quo or, or some deal to let this happen, right? Well, that's absolutely because the United States resolved this issue. And they're pretty much pushing them on at the Mexican border. Uh, not even Mexico really is providing a whole lot of assistance in this issue. So it, it's it's a lot larger than than just anyone any certain body can can handle. There's a lot of countries that need to come together in this issue. We could demand it, but we don't. What resources do you need then? When you meet with the president or you meet with some of these leaders uh, and the governor and, and some of these people, what do you need the most to deal with this? Is it just funding or is there a lot more? We had a couple of aerostats that, that were here in Bruce County that we definitely needed. They removed the funding. Okay, I don't, I don't get this. There's a lot of funding being provided for for the NGOs to sustain the people they're taking care of, but yet we can't sustain the 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 aerostats that's going to help our border patrol to do the work they're supposed to. Now we're giving drive-throughs to the private ranch lands, literally vehicles loaded with vehicle driving through ranch lands, cutting locks and tearing down fences because we don't have the resources, we don't have the manpower, neither neither because they're all out processing. So we, we need to realign this and get back. How much area or land area do you have to patrol and what kind of staff do you have to do that? We have 944 square miles, all private ranch lands. Okay. We don't have, but usually one or usually one guy working per, per shift uh, at, at night. Uh, and that's usually For how many miles? Hit. 944 square miles. Whoa, that's huge. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's populated as 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 Manhattan, for instance. Okay, but ranch lands are private, and and they deserve to to be protected. Are the ranchers willing to help, or do they just want somebody else to solve the problem? How much of a partnership do we see? Well, the, the partnership is there, and, and it's it's an awesome partnership because they need us as we need them. We need their, their collaboration. We collaborate very well with all the ranch lands, the ranch owners. We collaborate with Border Patrol. We collaborate with DEA entities that need to be on board. They're on board. Uh, it does help that well, they, they know who I am. They know how I work. So that and that's, a, that's a positive thing. But we definitely need resources here. We need the boots on the ground. We need the technology, just like anyone else, just like along the border. Uh, even though we're 70 miles north, just the fact that we have the checkpoint and, and it serves its purpose, uh, that's what we need. We, we, that's the, the, the boots on the ground, the, re, the technology, and the resources to go with it. What about the Border Patrol agents? I know a lot of them are getting discouraged. A lot of them are quitting. A lot of them just feel overwhelmed that they feel powerless to do anything about it. How do we give them the support and, and courage and, and, and hope that they, that they kind of need? I mean, that makes a difference too, right? Well, absolutely. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way the, the government, the federal government is, is, is operating. There's very, it, it kind of leaves you just out there in the cold and, and, and you become the, the bad person. You become that person that hurts someone else all of a sudden. It, it's, it's all turning around back on law enforcement, on those that want to keep the peace. 
and trying to follow the rule of law. It, it's just, it, it's all turning back on them. And that's, that's a sad thing. One of the narratives that I think we really need to uh, share across the country is that every county is going to become a border county uh, with some of the governors um, transporting illegals to different pockets uh, in the country uh, with uh, the general government doing the same thing, depositing uh, immigrants uh, so they can handle the flow. But really every county is becoming a border county. Isn't that the reality too, that most people may not realize? That is correct. A, a task force, so to speak, that, that runs all the way, almost three hours north of us, all the way to Harris County. And and we're getting just as much traffic out there as, as I do down here on this end. Uh, another, back up towards San Antonio area, Bear County, another three three hours from here. They're getting the same type of traffic. It's out there. The traffic is there. We, we just need to keep working at it and enforcing, for, enforcing the law. That's all it is to it and our end. Do you think that we're just going to, I mean, if this just gets worse and worse and worse and worse, um, the borders have always been very dangerous, sadly, but true. I mean, if you go look at the El Paso border, for instance, or some of those places, Juarez on the other side of the border, very big city, a lot of poverty. Um, I I don't mean that in a negative way towards the people. Uh, A lot of them are great, wonderful people. They just haven't had opportunities. I get all that. At the same time, the border towns have been controlled by the cartels, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is this just going to be pretty soon? The whole country is just overrunning. It's just all dangerous everywhere in the, in the United States. Are we going to get there? Or are we going to come and wake up and smell the roses to some degree? Well, you know, I, I said, I testified just a couple I said, listen, we need to let the federal government, those on the ground, work. Gloves up. They know what to do. They know how to handle things. Let them work. Quit applying policy that, that's going to interfere with them working. And that's, that's, that's all they're creating right now. This administration is creating hurdles after hurdle to keep them from working. That's what gets them so depressed and, and just want to retire when they shouldn't be retiring. What about the drug cartels? How much of this is just the United States government isn't doing, isn't insisting on the policies and providing the funding we need and the, and the boots on the ground and the things well, we need? How much of it's that versus how much of it's uh, drug cartels and, and tra- uh, human trafficking cartels, if you will? Well, the cartels, they're going to be there. They control. They're already vetted. They're inside. Uh, there's no doubt there, okay, because I, I did for many years. We definitely need to go after them and, and get them uh, under control, which we can. Don't let us do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stay there. Brooks County Sheriff in Texas with me, Benny Martinez. We're talking about the border, a crisis situation We've got a whole lot more, folks, and there are solutions, by the way. The global currency collapse will wipe out the dollar and many other assets. And the only things that will maintain value during the global debt reset are those with intrinsic value that do not require governments, corporations, or markets to make good on their obligations. At the top of this list of intrinsic assets is physical gold and silver. These precious metals have outlasted every failed civilization and government in human history. And they are non-digital, which means they still hold value even if the power grid fails. The Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals Company is my go-to source for physical precious metals that are delivered securely and discreetly into your hands. Visit brighteonmetals.com to check their live pricing and in-stock coins and bars. 
Find out why they are my trusted source for physical metals and why they're the official sponsor of Brighteon.tv. Brighteonmetals.com. The Kelly Key easily converts your AR rifle to bolt action, allowing you to keep the rifle you love in assault weapon jurisdictions. The Kelly Key is a true fast drop-in solution. No permanent changes to your rifle. Import, transport, own, and have fun with your AR. Why the Kelly Key? Because a bolt action is not an assault weapon. Stay future-ready from gun bans with the Kelly Key. The Kelly Key also lets you quickly and easily build your ideal hunting rifle, lets you build a quiet suppressed rifle, and benefits your long-range precision shooting. Available now at KellyKey.com with free shipping. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Hotze. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you fed up with your doctor giving you drugs simply to mask your symptoms rather than treating the cause? As you age, I believe you should be brimming with energy, vitality, and enthusiasm for life. The Hotze Health and Wellness Center treats individuals from all over the country and world in an environment of extraordinary hospitality. We specialize in the treatment of allergies, yeast, replenishing natural hormones, vitamin and mineral supplementation, and a healthy eating lifestyle, all of which boost your immune system, increase your energy level, and your health span. If you'd like to obtain and maintain health and wellness naturally without pharmaceutical drugs, then contact one of our wellness consultants today at 281-698-8698 or visit hotchwc.com and request a free copy of my best-selling book, Hormones, Health, and Happiness. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Sheriff Benny Martinez. Uh, Since 2012, Brooks County, Texas, have been one of the busiest quarters for illegal immigration in the United States. You know what? The events of the trafficking nearly bankrupt the county back in 2012. It's getting a little bit better, but the problem is the stakes sadly seem to get higher every year. Here's what uh, Sheriff Martinez had to say about it. It was rough, but we made it through. We were able to find help from both sides of the aisle. Democrats and Republican representatives who really step up to the plate and came through for us. The partner that's missing in action is the federal government. And now this last weekend, folks, you realize it has really reached fever pitch, even though sometimes the, the, the mainstream uh, media folks focus on it a little bit, then you get kind of wind of what's going on a little bit. They don't really level with you. They don't give you the real deal on the ground. But it flashes in and out of the news. But it just flashed up this last weekend, which we'll get into in a second. But you know what? Brooks County is a very unique county in that it's far enough from the border to claim it's not a border county. But yet, you know what? It is because it's one of the biggest corridors used for illegal immigration in the country. So Sheriff Benny says, quote, I'm talking about this county being classified as a border county so that it can get the resources that it needs. That's the issue, folks. We have a problem in America where there's a disconnect between what this is. It's not a racial issue. It's not a partisan issue. This is a protection of life, liberty, and property issue for not only the American people and the landowners, but even for the illegals, for the the folks that come here, many of them want a better life. We get that. 
but many of them are criminals. Many of them commit acts of violence and crime and rape and pillage and plunder that harms life, liberty, and property to even those who are trying to seek a better life. And that's why we've got to work on this, folks. The Daily Caller just reported last week or weekend that hundreds of migrants attempted to storm the border and enter the United States via the, uh, what is it called, Paso del Norte Bridge in Juarez, Mexico on Sunday afternoon, according to U.S. officials and video of the event. Let's show this video really quick, and then we can have Sheriff Martinez respond. There you have it. Sheriff Martinez, do you want to respond to this? This this issue that the uh, government is doing right now where they get on an app or whatever it is that they're supposed to do and then get, get their name called out and they do only, what, 50000 maybe, whatever, in a month or so. These people don't have to wait. They don't have to sit, stand there in Mexico and wait. You know, who wants to wait? If they can just get on U.S. soil, they'll be fine. So that's what happened. I can see that happen, and I'm sure there was an instigator somewhere in there in that midst of all that to make that happen uh, because it, it can be very, very harmful because you have little ones in there too, small child. You, you have a lot of that uh, family units in there, so it can, it can be hard on law enforcement on the other end. Meaning that you've got to kind of deal with kid gloves when it comes to families, but at the same time, you've got such a mix. You've got hardened criminals uh, with families, with children. But they say this, our contact in Juarez, Mexico, tells us that a massive group of at least a 1,000 migrants just attempted to rush a port of entry in El Paso in an effort to get into the United States, video shows the details, which we just saw, but then pushing past the Mexican side of the Paso del Norte Bridge, etc. Um, this is an example where why do we have a policy that says if they touch foot here, they can supposedly stay here? I know amnesty has something to do with it, but this is all mixed up, sir. It is. Again, the, the, the wording that said, whatever has been filtered out there in terms of, the, of, of what can happen once they get to the U.S., uh, they, they're just trying to get their, their feet on U.S. soil because they know to report to the to court, you know, three or four years later and get themselves vetted in the U.S., and, and they get lost. They're going to get lost in the transition. That's it. Simple. Now, the problem is our Border Patrol folks, U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers, had to be in riot gear to deal with this thing. Um, this isn't just like a peaceful, hey, please let us in. We're having a peaceful discussion thing. This is a, they're forcing their way into the country. How do we expect them to keep our laws if they get into the country breaking our laws and we allow it? In other words, there's a well, disconnect again, there as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Again, it goes back to all these countries that they filter through that would need their assistance to stop them. And, and that's what happens when you don't stop something at an early stage. That's the end result. Now you're going to have to be very forceful at, at our port of entry and put our, our federal agents 
men and women in, in jeopardy because they're coming at them in masses. So how do you someone will get hurt if, they, if something get hurt I'm, I'm surprised it didn't so that's what happens when you don't all right we're, we're losing you a little bit there sheriff we're dropping your audio but on okay. the el paso or norte bridge or whatever officers had to stand behind concrete and plastic barriers topped with barbed wire to deal with this thing folks the migrants who are various nationalities mainly were Venezuelans. They were demanding that they get access to the United States. Some of the migrants can be heard on videos claiming that, hey, the asylum application process that was launched recently was not working properly. But hundreds of migrants gathered, they need to call them illegals, gathered on the Mexican side of the bridge, and they knew this would be a problem. A local Los Angeles TV group captured it on video, which we just saw, but, folks, they had to use what they call port-hardening measures uh, to deal with this. Why don't we have port-hardening measures in place all the time, Sheriff? You need those, especially for instances like this. You have to be prepared. And they knew that was happening. And this is what, where you have to get all these countries to come and, and make this thing stop. It's not happening, and we're, we're not helping ourselves neither. We're allowing this to happen. We're permitting this to happen. Now, here's what I find interesting. The headline or the uh, line in the article says this, U.S. Customs and Border Protection used port-hardening measures to temporarily stop the group from entering, the agency said, in a statement to the Daily Caller. Now, my question is, what what do you mean temporarily? So they're just going to come back and get in a few hours later when the focus isn't there? Is that the deal? Well, again... We have to do, the federal government has to do to protect the port of entries, and that's one of them, okay? And this is what's going to happen when they take that type of action on people. All of a sudden, we're going to be the, the bad folks again. Uh, the federal government, those that are on the boots on the ground that actually meet, this, see these people and touch these people, they become bad because they're doing what they're supposed to, which is to protect the country. Now, they say this, too. I find this fascinating. While it's unclear what caused the rush on Sunday, the attempt to cross in mass comes amid a record surge in migrant encounters across the southern border. Um, This surge just seems to continue, continue, continue to escalate and swell. I mean, I know it ebbs and flows some, but overall it's just increasing, is it not? Absolutely. And it's going to continue to increase because of what the rhetoric is being told. You have just, they just want to, don't want to admit that we do have a problem. And they come up with reasonings about the problem. And, and, and they convince themselves and they com- convince others that we're, that law enforcement is the other bad folks, that they need help. They need to get protected. Well, that's why they have their own government to protect them. This is why we supply funding for them. They say that the group was posing a threat for such massive push of entry. Now, I also find this interesting. In 2022, they encountered more than 2.3 million migrants 
at the border. Um, that's a massive amount for one one year, 2.3 million. How many get in and how many illegals do you think we have in the country uh, right now? Any idea? Well, you, you don't talk about the getaways. You don't talk about those that we miss, those that come in between the, the port of entries. We don't talk about that because you, you can't put a metric on that. You can't put a number. So there's more than that, I, I can assure you. That we're not even touching. Any idea how many illegals we think are in the country, though? I mean, they, they used to tell us there were 12 million, but that was years and years and years ago. Now I'm guessing there's got to be 35, 40 million. I, I wouldn't have an, an idea. I just trying to guess would be crazy, but there's there's plenty of them already that we're taking care of. And we need to take care of our own folks that, that need assistance here in the United States. Mexico and a lot of these other countries have the ability to take a lot of these immigrants, too. Why don't we share the load? Can you repeat that part? I, I didn't quite get that. Yeah, Mexico has the ability to keep a lot of the immigrants as well. They have a lot more resources than maybe some of the uh, countries that are in, in greater poverty and greater gangs and problems in their countries. Uh, Mexico has the ability to take a lot of these immigrants, too. Why aren't they helping share the load? Well, they, they don't want to. They, they just there because they're being controlled by the cartel. They're being told what to do, what not to do, who, who to send, who not to send. They, they control everything. The cartel controls the whole the whole. Frontera, the to either keep it running or, or shut it down. That's to their own benefit. How um, concerned is the governor? Because the governor, governor could declare a state of emergency um, in all 200 and I can't remember how many, 243 counties or whatever it is uh, in Texas. He could declare uh, a border emergency. He's made some statements, but he's never gone far enough to really declare um, this as it ought to be, has he? Well, we do have some some uh, right now that's units to specifically work along the border. Uh, so, and that's that's just in the makings. It just came out Friday that they presented that. So there's a lot of moving parts to get that done, and and I think it'll help all of us. It'll help the whole state of Texas. They have we have we do have 254 counties in Brooks in, in Texas alone, so it's 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 a it's a large state, and I think the implementation of that would work for for all the sheriffs. Uh, but again, a lot of moving parts, a lot a lot of uh, meetings, committee meetings, and and through uh, yet. Do you think the governor's genuine about trying to get a handle on this? Because what I find fascinating is that. There seems to be enough of us who really care and who really want to get the job done and don't believe it's a racial discussion or an ethnicity discussion uh, or um, anything like that or a partisan discussion. There's a lot of us, I would think enough of us, uh, that really think it's just an illegal versus legal problem and that there's ways to come to the table and and, and really sit down and resolve it, but it never comes to fruition. Um, Well, you know kind of who's who in the battle? Well, there's, there's again, that's we need to deal with but we are moving forward or the governor is moving forward to have the best practices in place uh, and i think that that'll it'll help us at the end of the day because at least we're going forward with this and we're not stagnated at this point at least we're not <coughs> is it the more the closer you get to the border the more dangerous it becomes or is it is dangerous everywhere now it, it's it's the danger is anywhere. Anywhere it, it can happen, any place. 
and not only in Texas or anything. It's just, and if we cont- if this continues, it, it's just going to get a little bit harder for all of us. <clears throat> wow. It, it's, it's hard to know what to do about this because we just seem to be paralyzed. And I don't think we need to. You know, the current focus and attention is drawn to the abundant migration from persons all over the world. Uh, but, you know, we're trying to move towards a policy and a strategy, but I don't think the right things are being put in place. The first thing you need to do is lock the border down. Second, you need to say, okay, who's in the country now and what do we do with them? And you've got to be willing to look at them in terms of their circumstances. Take uh, a person, A, who uh, was brought across the border as a little child. They grew up here. That's all they really know is here, right? They may have a job here. They've got a family here. They've lived here. Yes, they're not a U.S. citizen, but maybe they haven't had the opportunity to become one. It's very hard, right? Um, Some of them, what do they call them, DACA or whatever. Um, uh, Some of these people, that's all they know. I don't know, especially if they don't have any um, criminal activity or anything on their record, we've just got to find a way forward for them, right? Can't we start with the simplest ones? Well, number one, you've got to secure the border. I I wouldn't even worry about these persons already. They're they're vetted that that are studying to, to to move things forward. That's not the ones we're worrying about. We're worrying about those those hardened those criminals that are coming across. We warn those that <clears throat> using those uh, females, the ch- children, as as uh, as a shield, so they can come across. There's a lot of things in place that we haven't even looked at, but we need to secure the border and refine ourselves as to ways that we want to do here, because <clears throat> there is a lot of moving parts that we still need. To, a lot of layers in this issue. Do you believe we've allowed a lot of terrorists into our country over the last 5, 10, 15 years as well? I mean, are, are they setting up cells and doing things? Do we have evidence of that kind of stuff that could really harm us down the road? I want to say yes. You know, look, look what happened in 9-11. I mean, they, they flew in. Of course. They just flew in. Okay. So, like that through the brush? Absolutely. It can be done because there's a lot of folks that get getting through. A lot of them. I bring that up because, you know, I've been in America. I'm, I'm 55 years old. I've been in America my whole life. I've passed FBI background checks because I've had uh, financial licenses, financial fiduciary responsibilities for mortgages and um, insurance and things like that. And so <clears throat> they've taken all my thumbprints and fingerprints, and they've vetted me pretty hard. <clears throat> but yet if I go on an airplane, I, I can't take a bottle of water on an airplane. But yet we can let the border leak like a sieve. Something doesn't add up to a simpleton like me, Sheriff. Well, of course it doesn't, because it shouldn't happen. This border is wide open, and it shouldn't happen. We should never let it get to this point. This this administration, when they came in, the whole rhetoric just turned this whole thing upside down. All right. Uh, are we going to get an audience with the president to really discuss this? Because neither the president, Joe Biden, nor Vice President Kamala Harris, neither of them have really been willing to even discuss the border. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of like, hey, um, let me see how to get this right. Biden visited the border for a photo op, but then he declared there's no problem. The problem is while he's saying there's no problem, what do you believe, what he says, his rhetoric, or your lying eyes, right? That's correct. 
you know, we, there's a, there's a, a hearing coming up uh, here in the, in, in the Rio Grande Valley. It's, it's an hour south of me. And I just heard that none of the Democrats want to show up for the hearing. Uh, so what, what does that tell you? Again, they, they just don't want to actually admit the issue. And, and, and they're just going to let it go by the wayside and, and not address it. Right. I've asked a lot of questions, Sheriff, to try to get my arms around this and to try to help the public understand every county is going to become a border county soon enough because of the policies uh, we have in place. What else do you want we the people to know, number one? And number two, what can we do to help? You know, I feel helpless, like I can't do anything to, to improve the situation, but I want to. Well, you definitely need to look at the policies that have been provided, those 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 policies, those that, that the fact that they're not letting uh, um, law enforcement, and, and I include the federal government and, and those on the, boots on the ground, to do the job they're supposed to do. Uh, they're real critical as to how they do the job. They have to understand that every scenario is different. Uh, as you saw, the, the mob running across the, the, the bridge or the, the Border Patrol agents on horses, uh, they have to do the job they're supposed to. And, and we need to let them do the job they're supposed to. That's what keeps people back. And, and if we start making excuses as you well, you can't do that anymore. You, you, you got to stop doing freedom this in, in, in this fashion. Well, then that really defeats the whole purpose of, of having any type of laws in place or, you know, for that matter, the rule of law. I mean, that's all that we need to do is enforce that. All right. There's another sheriff. He's in Valverde County, Texas. I think his name is Joe Frank Martinez. No relation, right? No, sir. Um, but he has the same problem. He's calling it a border crisis. Texas sheriff tells how his small town is being overrun by migrants, says I'm a Texas border sheriff. But I've got four deputies patrolling 110 miles, he says. Four sheriffs, 110 miles? Huh. You've got even more than that to deal with in this corridor. Um, we simply need to put people on the project, I think. That's one of the things that we need the most is is enough staff, but that's got to be funded, right? Right, and that's just that Bill I was talking about that's, that's been, went, went forward on, on Friday. That's what they're talking about, specific units to assist along the border and and, and specifically uh, handle these issues and let, let others go do their jobs. For instance, let, let uh, the state police go do their jobs and, and let this unit do that. Uh, uh, Joe Frank is a good personal friend of mine. We work together. He, he, know, he knows what he's doing. He knows how, how to do things up there. And he's having the same issues as I am. His terrain is harder than mine. Uh, it's, uh, I have a lot of soft land, uh, ranch lands. His, his, his surface, his terrain is, is, is hard. It's not like mine. Yeah, his, so, his terrain's rugged, right? That's correct. So that, that makes a lot of difference on, on those people filtering through there. It deters. But, but your but your land is a lot more vast though. You're you got a much bigger uh, corridor, or whatever you want to say, um, traffic lane, or whatever you want to say, right? Well, absolutely. Our corridor is is it's vast. It's it's kind of it's not as easy as it seems on the walk. But yes, it it can, it can be very and it's definitely dangerous. You know, we have accounted for over 900 uh, migrants that have died in New Brooks County alone. I'm, I'm pretty much got labeled the undertaker. 
for the state of Texas. Wow. I wish there was a way for us to force this narrative and, 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 and uh, force the president to work on this. The people are concerned. The states are concerned. The counties are concerned. We've got to work together on this. Uh, we have your back, Sheriff. The Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association has your back. Brooks County, Texas Sheriff Benny Martinez, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association cares about this issue. CSPOA.org. Regrets? Oh, we're all going to have them. Doesn't matter who you are or what you do. At some point, you're going to wish you'd done something differently. You know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. But let me tell you a couple of things you'll never regret. You'll never regret spending extra time talking to your teenager. Trust me. You'll never regret answering your three-year-old's question about where the water in the bathtub comes from. And I've never seen anyone wish they hadn't sat in the kitchen laughing with their children and telling them goofy stories about when they were kids. Yeah, sure, we're all going to have regrets, but talking too much with our kids won't be one of them. No matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000 year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. Uh, so I want to do a quick recap of yesterday's show. Normally we do it at the start of the hour, but when TV and the radio clocks don't seem to sync, sometimes we got to go ahead and uh, do it differently. We talked about an FBI agent got caught lying on the stand concealing evidence from defense attorneys fbi caught doctoring destroying 380 items of evidence in the january 6th proud boy case jack davis with the piece at the western journal doing a phenomenal job as always there are a couple of emails between fbi agents casually discussing the altering of documents and destroying of evidence that's according to the Epic Times, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan Turley, well-known professor, raises big question about J6th Jacob Chansley. Yeah, then Elon Musk drops bombshell video. Uh, 
Carlson, that's Tucker, airs video showing Chansley being virtually led around the Capitol by police officers. They don't stop him. They actually open and unlock doors for him. After they leave the Senate chamber, he says a prayer for them on the Senate floor. Fox News is reporting that these videotapes proving this stuff were handed over to the FBI soon after the January 6th fiasco. And if true, the Justice Department had the evidence but failed to turn it over to the defense. That's a violation of the Constitution, folks. The Department of Justice literally played videotapes for the court to secure the heavy sentence against Chansley while the government knew about and withheld tapes, videotapes contradicting their narrative in that account. Chansley literally got four years in prison for a, quote, nonviolent police-escorted tour, Elon Musk tweeted out. Musk then highlighted a, highlighted a bombshell video that shows Jacob Chansley outside the building with a bullhorn yelling the following, Donald Trump has asked us to go home, Chansley declared. So what are we going to do? We're going to obey our president. We're going to go home because he asked us to go home. Naomi Wolf, very liberal, Dr. Wolf basically uh, now is apologizing. Quote, dear conservatives, I am sorry my team was taken by full spectrum propaganda. Mike Landry with the article about it, Western Journal, think about that. She says full spectrum propaganda. The apology from Naomi Wolf, I believe, was a real apology. Regretting being duped by the false J6 narrative. She says, I am so sorry. Anyway, there you have that. I thought I'd bring that to your attention. I've got a lot more of the recap and a whole lot more news that I refuse to use coming up next hour. Hour one of the can simulcast with Brighty on TV, Brighty on radio, LovingLiberty.net, Loving Liberty Radio Networks, and a whole lot more. Folks, look, Benny Martinez did a phenomenal job telling you about the problems. We highlighted the crisis that took place last weekend. The president's literally doing nothing and telling you that we're all racists and that we're all making a mountain out of a molehill, that it's not a crisis at all, it's fine. Do you believe the lying president? Or do you believe what you see, folks? You saw the video. All right, next hour, we got a whole lot more. I'm Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, and I declare God save the Republic of the United States of America. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for March 14th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is our two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property to promote God, family, and country. To do so on your radio, 
in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers in the supreme law of the land, ladies and gentlemen. Any law that conflicts with the supreme, supreme law is null and void. Welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. I'm talking about yesterday's program a little bit. Um, we talked about health insurance hack exposes <laughs> data for congressional members. Yeah, they got a health insurance hack. Uh, and they, on one hand, claim that they, um, oh, I'm trying to think how to say this. They tried to claim that only a certain amount of information got breached. Then they go on in the rest of the article and tell you, uh, we don't really know how bad the breach was. Well, then how do you know what was breached and not if you don't know how bad or severe it was? See how stupid I am? Anyway, I find that very interesting. But it's really sad day when Congress gets hacked and their health plans. But the other question that brings up is, why do we have difference between um, maybe my health plan or your health plan or whatever versus congressional health plans? Why is there a difference, right? I find that fascinating uh, indeed as well. All right, remember back in 2021 when Tucker Carlson went on air and publicly alleged the the NSA was spying on him and on his text messages? The media painted him as a nutcase, a dangerous loon, someone that should be thrown off the air immediately, right? But then it turned out that Tucker was right. Do you remember that? Well, that's really important to realize that Tucker was right, folks. It's interesting that Donald says a lot of things, too. Donald Trump. <clears throat> and uh, they mock him and ridicule him and, and make it seem like he's clueless. And then later you find out, oh, there's nuggets that prove that former President Donald Trump was right, too. Donald Trump's right about a lot of things, folks. And, uh, you know, I don't know uh, everything about Donald. Uh, I'm concerned about a lot of the choices that he makes and the people that he surrounds himself with. But at the same time, he's told more truth than any president in my lifetime, that's for sure. All right, we talked about cosmetics billionaire William Lauder purchased Rush Limbaugh's property from his wife for $155 million. Now, Lauder, just so you know, is the son a billionaire Leonard Lauder. That's according to the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal there. And Rush, believe it or not, acquired the property for $3.9 million in 1998. So think about that, folks. The property goes from $3.9 million in 1998 to $155 million after uh, the late Rush Limbaugh lived there. Whoa. Now, this Lauder guy believe it or not, is a huge wealthy media magnet because he um, he inherited a lot of his wealth, right? He's not a self-made man. He's an inherited guy. But he is a campaign donor to both Democratic and Republican members of Congress. That's according to CampaignMoney.com. I find that interesting, too. All right, there you have that. We also highlighted that parents texting their children, their own children, by the way. So parents texting their own children that you've got to do your chores, son or daughter. 
You could now go to jail now over that. And the government must not be given the power to criminalize speech that it finds distasteful or annoying. WorldNet Daily, WND.com, and Bob Unruh writes this piece. We're talking about Rutherford and the Rutherford Institute and our buddy John Rutherford over there. And now he highlights that they've been battling this stuff in court in Texas, and it is a big concern. So you can laugh at it and go, whatever, Sam. But I sadly tell you that it's coming to a court, to a theater, to a family near you. Yeah, some of these things you just cannot believe are true. The truth is stranger than fiction. I mean, if I would have told you that the government was going to lock you down for well over a year, force you to wear a mask for literally two years, then force you to take an experimental sermon, inject it into your veins, or not sermon, serum, inject it into your veins, you would have laughed me to scorn. Then 2021 hit, right? 2020 hit, right? Wow. All right, second hour yesterday, we talked to Lowell Nelson, our dear friend at CampaignForLiberty.org. We talked about Biden officials claim without evidence, that's right, without evidence, that rogue Ukrainian Navy SEALs sabotaged the Nord Stream 2 pipelines. They don't have any evidence of that, folks. You need to realize that the Ukraine has zero aircraft carriers, zero submarines, and zero destroyers. And believe it or not, the rest of its vessels are either decades old or have already been damaged by the Russians and eliminated by Russian forces. They didn't do this, folks. The Biden administration just babbles this garbage without any evidence whatsoever. We talked about an incredible column written by Judge Andrew Napolitano. War and the Constitution is what he calls it. TenthAmendmentCenter.com has the article. War and the Constitution. Sadly, we're in these perpetual, unconstitutional, undeclared, immoral wars. We're in over 130 nations plus militarily speaking, folks. It is a shame of all shames. But the president, or I'm sorry, Andrew Napolitano really asks vital questions at the start of his article. It's incredible. He says this, can the president fight any war he wants to or wishes? No, of course not. Can Congress fund any war it chooses? Of course not. Are there constitutional and legal requirements that must first be met before war is, quote, waged? Can the United States legally attack an ally? Folks, these answers are critical to understand. Look, we're cranking up this Ukraine thing without authority. We're funding this without even money. We're in debt, folks. We're borrowing the money to fund this. Folks, just so you know, Vietnam... U.S. involvement at Vietnam started this very way. No declaration of war, no authorization for the use of military force, but yet, slowly but surely, a gradual buildup of American troops, an increase in funding. At first, they are advisors and instructors and support, but then it slowly escalates, escalates, escalates. Then a, quote, congressionally supported but not voted on, not declared, war 
In Vietnam, it saw half a million Americans. Troops deployed with 10% of them who came home in body bags. 58,000 dead, right? And then we realized it's a war we shouldn't have even been into. It was so politically charged, so abusive. Wouldn't you think, ladies and gentlemen, that 50 years later, 60 years later, we would know better? Are American soldiers killing Russian soldiers? Sadly, the answer is a resounding yes. None of it, ladies and gentlemen, has been authorized by Congress. But yet Congress is paying for it in borrowed dollars. This is a disgrace, folks. I'm telling you right now, this is just like, what are we thinking stuff? All right. Anyway, incredible article written by Judge Napolitano highlighting we don't have any authority here, folks, and we don't have the money. And it's a unjust war, to say the least. Good for Judge Napolitano highlighting this. We also talked about another incredible column written by Gary D. Barnett. LouRockwell.com with this incredible article. Rendered mentally harmless by the elimination of individuality. Let me repeat that. It's so critical. Rendered mentally harmless by the elimination of individuality. Active literacy, folks, is where most people work for themselves, own their own businesses, or work for someone else temporarily as an apprentice. Countless farms dotted the countryside. Working for somebody else long-term was rarely considered. We were an independent lot. Literacy took on a whole new meaning, ladies and gentlemen. As everyone from school could read and write. But nowadays, only enough to follow instructions. Obey orders. Yeah. Right? Like a drone, like a robot. Not enough to discuss the important matters of a dissenting society. Right? That's the problem. So long as people continue to expect government... To give them things at the expense of others, so long as they think of government welfare as a right, so long as they expect to be protected or enriched by government laws and policies, so long as the masses look to government and the collective herd mentality instead of the self-individual, right? And so long as people do not become fully independent self-reliance, the state will rule and make us Former all slaves. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. 
Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. I'm Sam Bushman. I'm live on your radio, hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. So we're talking about this issue, folks, that, you know what, the collective and this dependent mindset is one of the great problems that government school engenders, right? And no large-scale reform is ever going to work. Let me say that again. No large-scale reform is ever going to work, ladies and gentlemen to repair our damaged children and our damaged society until we force open the discussion, the idea, and embrace the reality that school needs to include family as the main engine of education. Why? Because family is the fundamental unit of society. That's why, folks, this isn't just an opinion. This is a reality check, right? No large-scale reform is ever going to work until we take individual responsibilities and look towards the fundamental unit of society, the family, to solve the problems. All right. Anyway, we wrapped up with Lowell Nelson talking about the best and the worst bills in the Utah legislature. Thankfully, the good news is that the Utah 45-day legislative session for 2023 is over. It's come to a close. And thank heavens for that, ladies and gentlemen, because, wow, it's been rough. In my opinion, the abuses have been just gnarly, right? (laughs) Whenever they seem to uh, be in session, it's just disaster. So many bills come forward. So many of them are are just promoting socialism and violating our God-ordained rights, right? I mean, it's just shocking uh, how much we really suffer when the legislative bodies are in session, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that's a recap 
of the show that took place yesterday, folks. It's still available at libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, brighteonradio.com. You can get it a lot of places, folks. We really have made a lot of differences. We're really, really focusing on the truth, focusing on things that matter most. Wow. We talked last hour about Brooks County, Texas Sheriff Benny Martinez testified to the record number of dead bodies. His deputies have found it's cost over a million dollars in cost to the county, hundreds of thousands of dollars in damaged property to residents and record number of human smugglings that have taken place, human trafficking on Joe Biden's watch, ladies and gentlemen, on Joe Biden's watch. Think about that. Wow. It's just a shock. And we're not really even doing much about this, folks. We're not really doing a whole lot about it is the problem that I'm having. What are we thinking, right? I just don't understand it. How in America we're so distracted. Now, folks, I just got an email from The Blaze, and I don't really even know how to deal with this article. You know what? I would say that Glenn Beck and The Blaze is doing better and better and better. Glenn Beck, you know, started out pretty liberal, uh, uh, working for CNN and then Fox. But, man, the course of Glenn Beck is really improving uh, every single day. And I'm grateful to see this. But listen to this article from The Blaze. Just listen to this. F star 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 capitalism. Communist teacher brags about indoctrinating students with Marxist literature and says revolutions involve violence. (laughs) Candace Hathaway writes the article for The Blaze. And I just look at this and I go, I promote God, family, and country. I protect life, liberty, and property. I've done this for 25 years, and the Southern Poverty Law Center says I am a domestic threat. I'm a terrorist. I'm a bad guy. Right? I I, I just don't know how to respond to this, folks. But yet, I'm the good guy? And these guys are nuts. What do you mean this professor does that? Where's the mainstream press to call out these people, right? I just don't know. I mean, it's just beyond my imagination that we let this stuff happen. You hear about it in the blaze. You hear about it from us. But those folks who pay attention to the mainstream press never see this. Okay. All right. This is just shocking. A self-described communist teacher from Maryland bragged on social media about indoctrinating her students with Marxist literature and called for a fight against capitalism. Rebecca F. Rostein, 
in a middle school, folks, in Montgomery County District posted multiple controversial videos to her TikTok account, which has recently been deactivated. Rostein stated that she's proud to be a F-bomb liberal. What the heck? I can't even understand this stuff. Folks, it is so in your face. She insisted that educators should not prioritize teaching students math and science, but should instead provide lessons on anti-racism and how to be kind. As a teacher, I wish we could do more for our students, like teach anti-racism and how to be kind. Does anyone else feel that we can skip the math, skip the science? Maybe this year we should just teach our kids to not be racist. Folks, tired after a long day of indoctrinating students, she said, quote, yeah, she told her more than 14,000, no, I guess 13,000 TikTok followers that she had to unbrainwash herself to fall in love with socialism and communism. Can you believe this stuff, folks? This is somebody who's teaching your children. If everyone had the same amount of money, then we wouldn't be worth anything, she said. Rothstein said that capitalism must go and revolutions, listen, involve violence. The teacher also defended the 2020 summer of riots that destroyed cities and small businesses all across the country. Yeah. She says, you don't understand where the rage is coming from. It's all the relationship to the burning buildings. She continues and says she's effing angry about the patriarchy of racism and police brutality. Rostin shared that she believes that boys should get vasectomies at birth. While it's safe to do, she then asked, why is preventing pregnancy just on the woman? Folks, this is a nutcase. She then claimed that all white people express, er, um, experience white privilege. And noted that being silent on Palestine is being rooted in white supremacy. Folks, this is a nut. She says, I'm proud of my ability to recognize white privilege. White privilege is not a work ethic. It's about the color of your skin. Nobody commented, Fox News Digital reported. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to this nutcase. Except I would say this. You better get your kids out of government school, ladies and gentlemen. Because this is what your children are being taught. Now you can say, oh, Sam, that's not being taught in my school. Yeah, it is. It may not be as in your face, as bold, as blatant, as belligerent as this lady. But mark my words, it is happening.
Ladies and gentlemen, don't fool yourself. Get your kids out of the government school immediately. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. The Bureau of Labor Statistics announced this morning the consumer price index continued in the wrong direction in February. The price we pay for stuff gained another four-tenths of a percent last month as inflation sits at 6% year-to-year. The Federal Reserve raises interest rates, the amount banks pay for money to curb inflation, but now that multiple banks have completely failed, the question is, will the Feds continue to raise the rate? Christine McDaniel, the former Assistant Treasury Secretary on Fox Business, is asking the same question. You know, there's that old saying that, you know, rates keep going up until something breaks. Well, here's the first thing that broke. The question is, you know, will they stop here? Um, Will other things break or will they keep going? Governor Kathy Hochul is urging drivers to stay off the roads in portions of New York State that are expected to get slammed with a snowstorm today. She's also warning of widespread power outages. This is not the light, fluffy, pretty Christmas snow. This is going to come down like a brick. And it is that weight that causes the problems. The storm is expected to bring 8 to 18 inches to parts of the Hudson Valley and several other regions. Lawmakers want a travel advisory issued about Mexico's counterfeit pills. Two Democrats in Congress want the State Department to issue a travel advisory warning Americans about Mexico's counterfeit pills. Edward Markey of Massachusetts and David Trone of Maryland are pointing to an investigation by the Los Angeles Times into Mexican pharmacies. It shows more than 70% of pills sold to the newspaper's investigators were contaminated by fentanyl, methamphetamine, and other powerful drugs. Experts say life-threatening drugs have become a major issue as growing numbers of Americans cross the border each year to buy cheaper medications. I'm Skip Kelly. Happy 3.14. It is National Pie Day. This is USA News. Hi, I'm Martha Stewart, and I have a question for you. You know that unwelcome guest everyone wishes would just leave already? That's COVID-19. That's why I got an updated booster designed to help protect against recent Omicron variants. Got it? Check eligibility and schedule your updated COVID booster at vaccines.gov. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And, of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com for more information. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much news, so little time to cover it all. It's just amazing how much uh, news there really 
really is. This whacked out teacher, man, she claimed that all white people experience white, white privilege. It's just the color of your skin there. What a racist, folks. She's nuts. Rothstein, this teacher, believes that boys should get a vasectomy at birth. <laughs> Why is pregnancy just on the woman? Uh, I don't know who said pregnancy is just on the woman. I don't believe that. Do you, ladies and gentlemen? I believe people shouldn't get pregnant unless they're legally and lawfully married. One man, one woman marriages, God-ordained traditional marriages, ladies and gentlemen. And then I think it's a couple that needs to work together side by side, hand in hand, to decide when they should have children and how many and how that all works out, right? That's an that's a, um, issue between God, who said multiply and replenish the earth, and the couple. It's a prayerful discussion between a couple, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just some whacked out lady like that or it's always up to the woman. There's natural family planning. There's all kinds of ways to deal with this issue. But why is this whacked out teacher involved in it in the first place? Anyway, I digress. It's just insane, folks. All right. Looks like Saki embarrasses Biden on live TV reveals what he does at 9 a.m. in the morning. This is weird stuff. Check this out. Uh, and that's what people need to hear from him. Now, it's important to note, President Biden does nothing at 9 a.m. He is a night owl. So the fact that he is doing this at 9 a.m. anyway speaks to how uh, vital the White House recognizes it is for him to have his voice out there conveying that to the American public. All right, Steve Ratner, thank you very much. <laughs> the president does nothing at 9 a.m. You comfortable with that when he gets $400,000 for a salary? The guy walks around confused half the time, doesn't know where he is, doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, it literally, it's insane, people, right? I don't even know how to respond to that. Nah, the president doesn't do anything at 9 a.m., people. He's hanging up all night watching uh, you, the YouTube or something. <laughs> what the heck? It's just insane. All right, the headline says this. Jim Jordan drops the hammer on Dr. Fauci. The House leader reveals that he's building a criminal case against Tony. Article by Adam Casolino. Now, this is very interesting, in my opinion. Do you think it's going to go somewhere? Isn't it funny how little we've heard about Anthony Fauci ever since Republicans took over the House? For literally two years, we couldn't get away from that, quote, media darling, he says. <laughs> Fauci popped up on every network just so he could lecture us on why we should accept lockdowns, mask mandates, and forced jabs. Not on every network, because we never had Fauci on once. We think he's a criminal, and we think the Nuremberg trials need to be going on. We agree with Jim Jordan here. Right? All the while, Fauci refused to take any responsibility relating to the origins fallout of the pandemic. 
but perhaps Fauci hasn't gotten away as scot-free as he thinks. He might have retired. He might be lying low for now. But Jim Jordan just released some news that Fauci will not like. This is from the Western Journal. Republican Rep. Jim Jordan of Ohio said Saturday that House Republicans are building their case against Fauci. We could do a referral potentially, but frankly, I'd rather have Fauci just come back in and take another round of questions here. We're building a case, Jordan said. Jordan says that House Republicans are laying that foundation. Yeah. A criminal referral to the DOJ is an option, but House Republicans want more evidence before they make that move. Jordan accused Fauci and the CDC of changing the definition of -of gain-of-function research to protect themselves. We've heard from a long time that Fauci was working with the Wuhan lab in efforts to artificially strengthen COVID viruses. And when the outbreak started, emails suggested that Fauci was somehow involved in some kind of cover-up. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting to think, says Jim Jordan, that the man partly responsible for this pandemic ended up being the one to advise our country on how to handle it. Yeah. Well, folks, I hate to be rude to you about this, but Donald Trump is the one that had Fauci be in charge. Donald could have fired Fauci in an instant, but he didn't. If you add it all up, Fauci might be responsible for all the hardship America experienced during the pandemic. But it appears Fauci used his, quote, power within the government to cover it all up. Yeah. He refuses to admit that his lockdowns harmed the country in unspeakable ways, and now he tries to manipulate the government to avoid being blamed for the outbreak. Now, it doesn't look like Fauci um, is going to prosecute. Listen to this carefully. It doesn't look like House Republicans are happy with what he's done. We can't say if Biden's Department of Justice will prosecute. Well, he won't. Yeah, the focus is on the gain-of-function research that Fauci was involved in. What do you think? Now, they say Adam Casalino is a freelance writer, cartoonist, and graphic designer. He is a regular contributor for the Patriot Journal. Anyway, uh, he does a great job, great article. Well-written, but I don't have any confidence in the Republican-controlled House. Do you? I mean, I think that uh, Jim Jordan talks big, but I don't really see accountability here on this thing. Do you folks, do you really think that there'll be accountability and prosecution? See, I don't think so. I think that they'll do like they did with the, the IRS and the tax hearings over and over and over. By golly gee, ain't it horrible? The IRS is so abusive. It's so wrong. They had people come in and cover their faces and change their voices and all this big old, te- it was a flash in the pan in the mainstream media. But then it just went away and there was no accountability. In fact, Lois Lerner never even got 
uh, prosecuted and thrown in jail for her criminal enterprise, literally attacking conservatives, right? Wow. It's just shocking when you really think about it, right? I don't even know how to respond to some of this stuff, but I don't see that. I don't see at all that we're going to uh, get to the bottom of it. Do you? I don't think that they're going to really do anything about it. I see that they're just going to have a lot of rhetoric, a lot of complaining. They want you to believe they're really going to get to the bottom of it, but I don't see that they're going to do anything about it. I don't have any confidence at all. I don't see at all that we're going to have accountability here. Jim Jordan and crew aren't going to do anything. They're going to have a big old media op, a big old hearing in Congress or whatever, a lot of TV coverage about, oh, man, they're, but they're not going to do anything. Now, one good thing the House has done that I see is they have now uh, dropped a lot of the um, research into the, I'm not sure how to explain this. The amount of money that Donald made while he was president, they were looking into as the Democrats. Now the Republicans have dropped that, and they're supposed to be ratcheting up Hunter investigations. But again, the Democrats never got the Donald, and the Republicans are not going to get Fauci or Hunter or anybody else either that I can see. I don't. I don't really see any real accountability about this. I don't I don't really have confidence. And I know that's sad. I mean I appreciate that Jordan accused Fauci and the CDC of changing the definition of gain of function research to protect themselves. Yeah, Fauci was involved in some kind of a cover up, but again, how are we really gonna get to the bottom of this? I don't think the Republicans have enough authority, even if they wanted to get to the bottom of it. Do you? All right, Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. 
This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. So I wish Jim Jordan all the luck in the world. And I pray for him as he drops the hammer on Fauci, and I pray that we really get something done. But between you and me, I just don't believe it. I don't mean to be negative. I don't mean to down him. I hope they get it done, but I don't think there's enough mojo in the House. You can't even stop Kevin McCarthy from being your speaker, ladies and gentlemen. And then you let Kevin McCarthy make promises like he'll turn over the J6th video. He hasn't done any such thing. He lied to you folks. All right, but you can't overturn that, and you're not going to overturn this either. So Jordan accused Fauci and the CDC of changing the definition of the gain-of-function research to go ahead and get out of it and cover it up. That's a problem. But let me tell you about a problem bigger than COVID, all right? Let me tell you about a plague bigger than COVID. I got an email from Candace Owens, well-known black conservative, does a great job. I know a lot of people would say, Sam, why are you hanging out with people like Glenn Beck and Candace Owens and some of these people? And They're not hardcore conservative. Hey, man, they're all making progress in their own way. We've got to give people a little bit of grace as they learn. You know, uh, years gone by, 30 years ago when I started, when Glenn Beck started in radio and stuff like that, 25, 30 years ago, there was a big difference between me and Glenn Beck. But the difference is narrowing. Not because I've changed, but because Glenn Beck has come to his senses. All right? But they, uh, Candace Owens emailed me and said, Sam, a bigger plague than COVID. There's a plague worse than COVID that no one is allowed to talk about. What is it? The victimhood mentality. This plantation of the mind traps people into believing that they are powerless. Yeah, it prevents them from seeing themselves as anything but a victim, right? Think about that for a minute. She says if you hold a permanent view of yourself as a victim, you become your own oppressor. She's right as rain on this, people. And she brings up something, in my opinion, very, very important to discuss. Then she says... The victimhood mentality is destroying the black family. It's killing our children with abortion. It's keeping us dependent on government welfare and government, um, I don't know what you want to call it, handouts. 
Now, I appreciate what you say, Candace, and I agree, sadly, it's worse for the black family because racists have made it that way. I agree with you, Candace, but my problem is this isn't just a problem for blacks, Candace. This is a problem for everyone. Now, you co-founded the Blexit Foundation in an effort to go ahead and change the game, and I commend you. You're asking people to help you fund uh, your efforts to uh, help these black communities and black um, neighborhoods and uh, get out of this. And I think it's valuable, the work you're doing. But we got to get everybody out of this, though. This relates to white families, too. You go across the country, and you'll see that there's white families that are poor, struggle. You'll see that there's government schools teaching criminal indoctrination. Let's just take, for example, this teacher that said F capitalism, a self-described communist teacher, Rebecca Rothstein. She's from Maryland, right? Now, I don't know how many people in her district are black versus white, but she claimed in a TikTok video that all white people express and experience white privilege, right? Okay, this is a problem for all of us, okay? This indoctrination is a problem for everybody in the country, whether it's school, it's school for the children and media for the adults, right? But it's all indoctrination. Look, we believe that Jordan, I'm sorry, we believe that Fauci could just change the definition of what gain-of-function research means and get out of harm's way, get out of Dodge, not be prosecuted for his criminal activity, Right? That's what the lie to the adults are, is that, hey, he wasn't involved in COVID. Not only did he lie about gain-of-function research, he told you that it didn't come from a lab. Came from a, what do you want to call it, meat um, market? But then we find out two years later he lied. Even Congress and the FBI and everybody else dug into it and researched it and said, Fauci, you're wrong. But see, Fauci had emails that he knew that, and he covered it up. He wrote a paper literally changing the narrative, folks. Right? And we're just going to allow that to stand? Why are we going to let that stand? Believe it or not, long COVID now has weird symptoms. They're calling it face blindness. Do you know what the heck that even is, folks? You probably don't, do you? No, because you've been so indoctrinated. Candace is right about this. If you hold a permanent view of yourself as a victim, you become your own oppressor. But now we see long COVID has some very interesting symptoms, weird symptoms. They call it face blindness, maybe one of them. What the heck am I talking about? Yeah, that's right. USA Today has the column. All right. USA Today has this column that I find fascinating they say an infection may trigger i don't know how to say this word 
P-R-O-S, O-P, A-G, N-O-S, I-A. Prognosogenosha? Here's the deal. They say that when people recover, they no longer can recognize faces. She said, my dad's voice came out of a stranger's face. She later told researchers, it's not clear how many people have developed face blindness after COVID-19. But the woman, along with 50 other patients, have documented this reality that they're having trouble identifying faces after a COVID infection. Some people, uh, I guess, are born with what's called face blindness, called persognosia, while others lose the ability to identify faces from brain damage, particularly caused by a stroke or brain injury. Yeah. You say, what? Yeah, some people can't even follow television plot lines because the faces too, look too much alike. <laughs> it's a lack of communication in the brain. Among the relevancy of a brain, some people end up getting it so bad they can't even recognize their spouse. It's weird, folks. It's not clear how many people have developed this face blindness after having COVID-19. Think about that for a minute. It's not clear how many people have face blindness after COVID-19. Wow. Some people are born with face blindness. I don't know how to respond to this, really. I've never heard of this. Have you? Some people are born with face blindness. Other people lose it due to brain damage by a stroke or a brain injury. Wow. I don't know how to respond to this, really, because, man, I didn't know anybody had this. I've heard of it and explained by people that didn't know how to explain it, though. That's what's interesting about this. <sighs> Damage to any one of these areas of the brain, particularly on the right side, is likely to impair facial recognition. Most people have mild cases that worsens with age, and now they're saying COVID can trigger it. People that are autistic have a much increased likelihood of having this. Very, very scary. Very interesting. Long COVID has some weird symptoms. Face blindness must uh, is one of them 
Wow. USA Today with this. Now, I wonder, is this going to be, are we going to bring this up to Fauci and talk about how much worse has facial blindness become since COVID? And if the COVID virus could trigger this, it's not clear how many people have developed face blindness after having COVID-19. Um, how many got it from the vaccine? That's another interesting question, is it not? Wow, folks, I don't know. The plot thickens. Some people are born with facial blindness. Wow. I don't know how to respond to this, really. But it's a tragedy. It lies along a spectrum like autism, though. Some people have it just a little bit. Some people have it really bad. More than 1% of people um, struggle to recognize even those they've met many times. At the most extreme, some with a condition can't even recognize themselves apologizing for bumping into a person in the mirror. Others can't identify familiar people if they're in an unexpected context or wearing a hat. I don't even know how to respond. All I can say is our prayers are with these people, and we're seeing more and more and more evidence of the abuse COVID puts on people. Now go back to this victim mentality Candace Owens talks about. Are we all victims of COVID by force because of Fauci? I agree with Jim Jordan. Let's start criminal prosecutions of the doctor. Let's start Nuremberg trials yesterday. All right, two hours in the can. Thanks so much. We declare this nation shall endure. LovingLiberty.net. God save the republic.